Hey, welcome to another episode of Dying to Listen podcast presented by the Disc Golf Dyers Guild. I'm Dave, and we have an amazing guest, Jillian from Happy Tree Dyes. If you haven't seen your work, where have you been? Stop this podcast and go look right now. So we're going to learn a little bit more of how she dyes her discs and maybe some more information. So Jillian, how did you get started with disc dyeing? Well, we had a buddy who got us into uh, disc golfing. Um, he had been living up north of us and had played a lot up there. And when he came down, he was like, hey, there's this new sport. You guys have to come with me. Come check it out. Um, my boyfriend went with him and played a couple of times. And um, they tried to get me to go play, but I had never actually really been into any sort of a sport. I've always been just kind of nerdy and artsy so it took a little bit of convincing for me to go out and play um but once i did uh instead of him dragging me out to go play it quickly turned into me asking him like weekly like when are we going to go play next so um i quickly fell in love with disc golf and then um shortly after the same friend was like hey um you should really check this out uh I found out that you can actually customize the discs and he started showing me all these pictures of dyed discs and stuff. I looked up a few YouTube videos and ordered all the stuff and the rest is history. So when did you start playing disc golf and when did you start disc dyeing? 2019 is when I kind of got really into disc golf and then shortly after I think the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020 is when I got super into disc dyeing. Um, and then like a lot of us during quarantine, it just kind of snowballed, I guess. I feel like we're uh, the uh, boomer babies back when the war, when everybody was coming home and everybody was having babies. Dude, exactly. The, uh, the COVID uh, spawned all these new disc dyers. Um, but that that is awesome. Yeah. Do you remember the first disc that you dyed? Yes, um, he gave me a green Mako, and I di actually dyed a pickle Rick on it. So <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna show it today, but it's actually um, it's at in my car, and my boyfriend's out and has it in my car. So You're, the first disc that you dyed, did it actually turn out how you expected it? It did. I watched. Um, I like did a lot of research beforehand. I don't just tend to jump into things just blindly. So. I just spent like hours like on the differences doing it YouTube channel and watching Bobby and um, found out all the things that I needed to get, ordered all the things and, and did it right really. Um, I did have to like hand cut the stencil, but it pretty much turned out how I wanted. There's a little bit of a bleed on it, but I knew like when I first pulled that out, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> nice. So was that just the stencil or what else was done to that disc? At first, it was just the, the outline, like the Pickle Rick uh, stencil outline, super simple, just black, I dye poly. I went back a couple months later and like filled it in with some green, but it's super simple. I still have it. Wow. Uh, I feel like a lot of first uh, dyes from dyers didn't turn out amazing, but well, I guess you're just that good. <laughs> or I just researched too much. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and speaking of research, where, I know you said the difference is doing it, where else did you learn and get your information from? Mainly, mainly that. Um, I was all over 
Bobby's website and the YouTube. There wasn't a ton of YouTube videos when I first started dying. Well, uh, shout out to him because he is definitely one of the uh, godfathers of disc dying, I guess I would call him. So that's awesome. Do you remember uh, your second or third disc that you died after that? Yeah, um, I, I did a couple more like hand cut stencils. Um, one of them was like a pineapple. Um, I used a lot of writ to begin with just because that's what you could get from the from the craft store. It does work. And I still have it. I just don't use it anymore. I guess I should have asked that. What I know you mentioned I Die Poly for the uh, for your first stencil. Uh, did you start out with I Die or did you start out with RIT or was it a combination of both? A combination of both. Um, I went to my local craft store and they did have I Die. Um, and I saw that they were using that for the hot dips for the black. So I picked that up for the hot dips. And then when I started messing around with beds, um, I was using more of the writ, so I had both. Where are you located? Uh, we're right outside of Louisville, Kentucky, in New Albany, Indiana. Gotcha. What craft stores do you have there? We've got a Michael's, a Joann's. Um, we have a local one called Ben Franklin. Um, I don't. It's not a chain. That's the one where I picked up the I die and the writ. I think they had both. Gotcha. Yeah, I asked because I was curious to see. Uh, what craft stores are by there and uh, Joanna Michaels I know they definitely have I die and I think we have a Ben Franklin in in the Madison area so how did you come up with your business name happy tree dies I was honestly just like trying to go to bed one night and, and just trying to go to sleep and I was thinking I was like okay well I've already decided that I'm dying so many discs at this point it needs to I either need to slow down and like budget it because it's becoming a very expensive hobby or I need to turn it into a business. Um, so I'm just laying there thinking like, what could it be? Um, and then I just started thinking about like how disc dying made me feel and it just makes me feel happy. Um, and then also growing up, I was really, really, really into Bob Ross. So I was just like, well, happy, happy tree dies. <laughs> That's fantastic. So what does disc dying mean to you? Um, it was mainly just like an escape at, at the time. Um, my job I had before this was accounting. Um, I have a degree in finance, so I was behind a desk like all the time, just I guess not able to use any of my creative energy. I didn't hate the job, but it just wasn't fulfilling. Um, so I would, you know, come home from a frustrating day like look staring at a spreadsheet to to die a disc and it was just kind of a a fun thing to do um just a positive fun creative outlet so what do you currently do uh i'm a full-time dyer now actually well that that i would consider a dream job <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome um I, i'm so thankful that i'm able to do it are you artistic by nature yeah, I've been doing art like pretty much my entire life. Just a lot, really into like arts and crafts as a kid. Um, I was doing acrylic paintings, um, watercolors. Uh, I've done like sculpting, just any kind of hobby where you can be hands-on and create something. Like I'm into it. So let me ask you this: How did you get into finance if you did that? <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good. So I've always been really just like good at math as well. Like in, in grade school, um, 
and going through high school, math was always just, it clicked for me. Like, I didn't have to try. I would just go in and get A's on the tests. It's just a, it's there. I, didn't, I don't enjoy it, but it's there. So I get to the point in college where it's like, you can either pursue a business degree or you can pursue an art degree. And I went with business, you know? <laughs> you made the right choice because I would recommend if <laughs> you can learn art and do that on your own, but if you're gonna go to college, spend the money on a business degree. Um, but I find it fascinating that you, in my mind, use both parts of your brain and well, like math, that's the analytical side of things. Then you have your art and that's the creative side of things. And not a lot of people are good at both. So that, that is awesome. So you're doing this full time. What is, or was the weirdest commission that you've gotten? Hands down. Um, I was asked to do a, a croc Berg, like Crocs, like the shoe, like the, those really <laughs> ugly shoes. They're like Swiss cheese with the holes in them. Uh -huh. So he wanted, like, instead of the K, it was like that crocodile, like that horrible uh -huh. little crocodile, and then little croc shoes, like, going all the way around the outside of it. And I tried a million ways to, like, fix the design and make it cool, but that was just a weird one. It turned out, I mean, it was, like, applied well, but it was just a weird one. <laughs> Very interesting. So you now you do this full time. Where do you actually dye your discs? Um, so I have two dye labs set up now. I have one at the local disc golf shop. It's like in the main retail space. So as soon as you walk in, like towards the back of the store, I have this amazing area with with like a heat a big heat lamp and there's a sink back there, a big workspace, a computer, a cricket and everything and then i still have my at home set up for when i die discs for my etsy so wherever i am i can i can die some discs that is awesome uh so let's talk more about that because i find that very interesting and unique that there is a die bar that uh, is at the local disc store correct yeah it's um the first that i'm aware of i don't know there may be one out there that i, that I don't know about but people can come in anytime and dye their own discs and i'll do like a little demo and like show them how to do either a glue bed or a cell dye um and show them and walk them all the way through that or they can drop off a disc for me to dye um and then i also stock the stores with dyed discs so i just they just gave me full creative Liberty, I can do whatever I want back there. If someone wants to die a disc and they come in, do they, uh, you know, it takes a certain amount of time for the die to set or whatever. Do they come back or do they wait or peruse or? Yeah, it, it depends on like the time of the day. So if they come in like super early in the day and it's a cell die that only takes three or four hours so they can come back the same day, I pretty much just tell them like, hey, you're gonna have to wait till tomorrow. I'll text you or. Again, that is a fantastic idea, uh, and I think a lot more disc golf shops can add value by having a equivalent of a, a die bar, so that's awesome. I agree. It's so much fun to see what people who have no like concept of it come up with. I just I get so inspired by by what they do. I get really, really cool ideas. They're newbies and they're not tainted by all the other desires out there. Exactly. I think, yeah, 
Exactly. They have no concept of what it's supposed to look like. So they just full creativity. It's awesome. And speaking of different dyes, what methods have you tried and what is your, I guess, if someone saw a disc, they would go, hey, that's happy tree dyes. Good question. I've tried a lot of different things. Um, I think I've pretty much messed with everything besides shaving cream, to be honest. I was um, looking through your Instagram profiles like, okay, she's done literally everything. Oh yeah, shaving cream. Yeah, I haven't, I really don't, I haven't messed with that yet. Um, and I, and I, next, I think I'm going to try to do the chameleon cells. I really like those. And I've been, I've been eyeballing those for a while and I cannot wait to give that a go. Yeah, um, if you haven't listened to Little Bot Disguise podcast, he uh, he does have a good tutorial on YouTube, so check that out if you haven't. I did listen, and I may or may not have ordered all the things <laughs> right after I watched that one. That's awesome. So thank you, Little Bot. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as just like a signature style, I I don't know. Um, I think I'm more known for doing a little bit of everything than kind of specializing in one thing. I think I'm more of a, a jack of all trades, you know, I don't really, mm. um, the, the things I like to do the most that I'm, I think most confident at are, uh, my hand painting stuff and then, uh, glue beds. That, uh, the hand painting definitely takes talent, patience, and time. Um, that I feel like there is some artistic ability that is needed. Um, I just had, recorded a podcast with RY guys dies and he did a lot of hand painting. Uh, I'm curious of your process and how you do that. I guess if you want to give a little explanation of actually how you hand paint dye on a disc. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know, uh, the way I do it since I've talked to a lot of other dyers and I'm a little different. Um, I use, it's all pro chem that I mix, but I use mainly just pro chem mixed with hundred percent acetone when I do mine. Um, I, up until recently, I just used acetone. I know a lot of other dyers mix in denatured alcohol. Um, I've started doing that and it does make the, the blending a lot easier. So I have just recently started doing that, but before it was just hundred percent acetone. Like if you want the color lighter, you use more acetone and less dye. So when I've tried my hand at hand painting i used denatured alcohol because i felt the acetone was like it took so fast you really didn't have much to work with it yeah you, and definitely and depending on the plastic um that's the other thing every plastic reacts differently to it so you just have to practice a lot and mess up a lot <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of plastic do you have your favorite plastic that you like to dye it depends on what day you ask me, but <laughs> <laughs> lately I've really, uh, I've really started to appreciate ESP from Discraft. The way it takes color, like it doesn't, it, you can get like a, like a, a purple disc and you can dye green on top of it. It's very forgiving, I guess, is why mm. I like it. It seems like a common theme that literally every guest said the ESP plastic doesn't matter too much what the base plastic is. It will take whatever dye color it is for sure it's a great like beginner plastic i would say like if you're just getting into disc dyeing um use esp like it doesn't care what you put over top of it it's gonna it's gonna work do you have a second third or fourth favorite type of plastic Ooh, yes um i definitely like the k1 uh from castaplast 
I like Neutron a lot from MVP. I really like Fission or Fission, is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it dyes great. It's one of the few plastics that's not shiny. It's like got that matte finish, but it also takes dye really, really well. I recently switched out my bag to all MVP Axiom because it's not the player, it's the disc, so I need completely new discs. Anyways, I got a bunch of fission plastic that's white that needs to be dyed that I haven't dyed, and people make fun of me because they think I'm a dyer and I should have all my discs dyed, but I don't. But yeah, I haven't dyed any fission plastic yet, but I'm excited for that. It's great. Also, don't feel bad. I have like a diamond, a white diamond that's been in my bag for months that I just haven't died. I don't know what I want to do with it yet. <laughs> I only they're carry so, one of my own, so. Yeah, they're they're so precious that you either sell them, give away, or you don't know what to put on the disc. So do you have a must-have dye accessory that you could not live without? Lately, I've been really into the, the split cups, so I'm mm. going to say just the split cup. It's just a lot of fun. Where did you buy your split cup from? I think I got it from Amazon and it was ungodly expensive for like a piece of plastic. Yeah, I was (laughs) searching for some as well. And I said, man, this is expensive. And I just got into 3D printing. So I 3D printed my own. Nice. That's what I was going to say. Like if you have if you know somebody or like own a 3D printer, like it's definitely the way to go. Yes. Um, I might have to sell those now. Damn it. Uh, But I haven't used it yet. So uh, what has been your experience with that? Um, I was going to say, I got one of your, um, your jigs, your spin die jigs Ah. and I love it. It's great. That's awesome. And everyone, everyone should get one. Yes. I was going to (laughs) say, I'll send you one for free, but oh yeah, you got one. Maybe I can reimburse you somehow. (laughs) No, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's, I need that. Um, because yeah, I was using like a disc on top of a disc, but you know how that goes. Like they'll just start spinning depending on the disc. It, it won't, it won't, won't work right. So, mm-hmm. um, I definitely like the jig. Um, yeah, I definitely make some split cups. Yeah. I'd buy it. I, I'll, I'll look into that. It <laughs> takes a little bit more time and material, but we'll see. What dye do you use to dye your discs? 90% pro chem. I still have some I dye poly, mainly the black. Um, it's the best black out there i think and then i do use some worm dip sometimes for spin dyes but not very often you know it's hard to talk about a single dye method because you do them all and you're all good at it for everything you do what is your second favorite dye method that you like to do well first is definitely hand painting second oh it depends on the day i just get so bored like doing the same one over and over, but <laughs> currently I'm obsessed with, uh, I'm still into the split cups. I love the split cups. It's just so satisfying. Um, I just like the way they look, just just how they turn out. Um, and they're just fun to do. They're just fun to pour. Um, and I also really like glue beds still. I think I'll probably go full circle and go back to blue glue beds at, at some point. Um, and that's clear glue beds? Yeah, definitely. Yes. I've tried white glue and I just don't like it as much. Um, if you if you're going for like a more cloudy, um, where everything's not as crisp, for some reason, like the white glue is great. But overall, I like the clear. I agree. So f- this is going to be 
again, hard to answer because there's going to be multiple answers, but do you have any specific dye mixtures that you use, which I'm assuming you use literally everything. And, um, do you have specific recipes for those dyes? Not really. Um, I think a lot of people are more, uh, specific about their ratios and stuff than I am. I'm like your grandma, like when she cooks, you know, she doesn't have a recipe. She just knows and just throws it all together and it turns out good. I don't have, I really don't have like measurements for things. So when people message me and they're like, Hey, what's your, uh, what's your ratio for your, for your glue bed, your acetone mix? I'm like, um, I have this spoon and I kind of just pour some acetone in and that's, that's it. Like I don't, (laughs) whatever looks right. Whatever feels right. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> you should be the um, grandmother dyer, even though you look, you don't look at old at all. <laughs> uh, do you have any fail stories that have stuck with you or like, oh my God, this completely sucked? I, okay, there's one fail that I, that I made as a beginner and that I continue to make to this day. And... It's not cleaning off your discs all the way. Um, I all like when I get new discs in, I, I, I try to clean them all off like at the same time. And then I put them on the shelf to be dyed later. Sometimes I, I skip that, you know, just I get excited. I'm like, oh, all these new discs. And then I put them in their spot mixed in with the clean discs. And then I go and I make this, this bed. I'm really excited about it. I put the disc in. And you, everyone's probably done it. You pull it out and you have all these awful streaks all over the disc. And I, I just keep doing it. I have a pile. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use to clean your discs? Um, I just use a magic eraser and dish soap. Just like small little circles, really concentrating on the outside. Um, cast is the worst. Do you typically keep the stamp or do you wipe it off? I've noticed uh, that when you keep the stamp on, it sells better. So I usually keep the stamp on unless it's a commission and they're, they're specifically like, I want the stamp off. I'll, I'll typically keep it on there. And when you do remove the stamp, how do you remove it? And is there any colors that are easier or harder to remove? Uh, yeah, I'll usually just use the, the cotton rounds from the Dollar Tree that I guess ladies use for their nails. Um, and I'll use acetone, just 100% acetone. Um, unless it's like a really soft plastic, and then I'll use like a um, like an alcohol. Because I, if you use the acetone, it kind of smudges the color, and it can actually like die and, and get into the plastic. So especially with Casta, you have to be super careful with that. The, the red and the blue especially, um, those are like the hardest, I think, stamps to remove cleanly. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, red or purple is difficult, and I found that I really saturate the cotton swab to make sure there's enough acetone on there um, because, yeah, the red or purple can stain the disc if you're not fast enough or thorough enough. Yes, always have like cotton swabs on standby so you can, or cotton pads so you can just keep going and make sure that you get it all off before it actually dyes the disc. And I always try to buy silver or gold stamps when when possible to try to avoid that. 
Have you noticed any uh, specific disc brands that are hard to wipe the stamps or that have really embossed stamps? It depends. Casta, if it's a black or like red or blue, um, those are those are pretty pretty difficult to remove. Um, Innova is always super easy. I think they're very lightly embossed, and I don't. I've never had any trouble removing those. For your stencils, have you had any bleeds because of the embossed stamps? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big issue. Um, recently, I have kind of started to mess around with using a heat gun um, on the embossed, on the super embossed ones, and that seems to help. I'm still kind of experimenting with it, but if you put your uh, vinyl down over one that you think might bleed just because you can feel like that raised on the stamp, um, it almost seems like the when you put a heat gun on it, it almost like shrink wraps the, the vinyl mm-hmm. like around it. Um, or so that's what I've convinced myself. <laughs> I'm still kind of experimenting with that. Yeah, I use a heat gun as well, and I heat it up, and it does form to the emboss. Um, then I press it down really hard, but I keep forgetting that it's really hot, so it's like, <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for your stencils, you use the hot dip method, correct? Yes, usually. Fantastic. Next question. Um, <laughs> what what vinyl do you use? Whatever vinyl is on sale. Um, I don't I don't buy the same vinyl every time. Um, each of them suck in their own special way. Um, if you <laughs> if you have a vinyl that you think is, do you have a vinyl that you think is won't leave the adhesive but also won't bleed? It, what's your favorite vinyl? So my favorite vinyl that I've experimented with was Oracle 651. It, uh, I found a good setting on the Cricut Maker for it to cut well for the fine details. Uh, it adheres well, and it doesn't leave residue. What I found by accident is I forgot to take the vinyl off, and it basically sat for a day, and it was cool, I guess. And when I took it off, there was zero residue. I feel like when it's still hot, you get that residue. But if it's cooled down... You don't get as much residue. The worst vinyl that I found that had the most residue was the Cricut Premium vinyl. That's really interesting because yes. is the 6.5, okay, I think I get the 6.3.1, which is the, or I have the 6.3.1 right now, which is the non-permanent. Mm-hmm. So you use the permanent. Yes. Interesting. Okay. It's not permanent i just think it has uh, better adhesive so it sticks better um, i've honestly never tried the 631 so i can't comment on that but um, i've used the the 651 and cricket premium and another house brand that was complete crap yeah i think i've used the cricket premium um which i didn't hate but it still sucked and then i've used the 631 which also kind of sucked no bleeds but like lots of adhesive um Mm -hmm. and then the hobby lobby brand which um lots of adhesive but no bleeds yeah i mean i'm still i'm still searching for the perfect vinyl honestly (laughs) yes uh i do have a video where i tested a bunch of them so you can go check that out if you want it was more or less the cut settings um but do you what, what do you have for a vinyl cutter uh, I use a Cricut. 
Um, it's the only vinyl cutter I've ever had, so I can't really compare it to anything, but it gets the job done. Yeah, I feel like um, people complain more or less about the software, but for when I do stencils, I design it outside that software and I just bring in the image for the machine to cut. Right, yeah. I use, um, if I don't do a ton of editing, I, I'm not, that's not my strong suit, but if I have to do anything, I do it in GIMP, uh, which is like a the Photoshop equivalent free version. Yes. Um, and then and then I bring it into Cricut and I've learned to do a lot of stuff in the Cricut too. It's not terrible. I just wish there was an eraser. Like why can't I just mm. why can't I just erase stuff? <laughs> Cricut <Yeah>. help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never honestly really used the software because it just frustrated <laughs> me the first time I tried using it because I'm mm -hmm. so used to the more advanced tools. Um, and on that topic, I think I know the answer, but do you have a specific transfer tape or paper that you like to use? Whatever is on sale. Okay. That's right. Yeah. You're, you're just the on sale lady, <laughs> whatever's cheap, yeah. I'll make it work. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter as much. I think as the vinyl, um, just, I actually, I think I get like the, it's like duck brand contact paper from Amazon. It's, it's super cheap and you get a ton of it. Do you have a method of centering the stencil on the disc? I do. Um, I use. I now use a laser pointer. Um, and then Bill was nice enough one day when he came in the shop to show me um, the making the actual circle like on the design method, which I think you use as well, mm -hmm. where you actually put that tiny little circle on the design, and then you can use the laser pointer to to line it all up. So. Yeah, that was a game changer for me. So, thanks, yeah. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree. Uh, do you have a nice laser setup, or is it just kind of jerry rigged? Not really. I have one of those like architectural lights where it's like the really, it's on a like an arm that comes yeah. out, and it's like that really thin like light thing. And then I just yeah. I, I got a laser pointer, and I just kind of dangle it off of that. So, do you weed the vinyl on the disc or before you put it on the disc? both uh if it's if it's not a very complicated stencil i'll do it before i put it on the disc but if it's super detailed and there's like all these tiny little pieces um i'll maybe weed like half of it off of the disc like the easier pieces but once i start getting those teeny tiny little pieces i'll, I'll put it on the disc it makes it a lot easier i think do you have any specific tools that you like to use the weed um whatever's on sale Everyone's going to be mad, but I don't have any of those like cricket. I don't have any tweezers or anything. I, I just use my, my, um, uh, exacto knife. That's all I, that's all I have. Wow. I, I, um, I had the cricket pick tool and I saw everybody using the exacto knife and I gave it a try and I'm like, nope, there's easier ways. Uh, I would highly recommend like a $7 pair of tweezers. It's pretty much game changer. Um, I can send you a link if you'd like. I might try it. I, I think I've just gotten so used to it at this point to where I'm like I'm pretty quick with it. Like I'm pretty proficient with the with the exacto knife. But because um, I didn't know about it for the longest time, then I saw people using these tweezers, and I'm like, what are these? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, whatever works for you. I mean, whatever's on sale. <laughs> whatever's on sale. That's what I'm saying. Let's get it done. So I recently started getting into clear glue beds. 
Um, do you have any tips or tricks for those at all? Or I would say uh, spend like a, a straw, like spend more time, <laughs> spend more time um, manipulating the bed and moving around the glue instead of just like dripping it in real quickly and then laying your disc in, like spend the time to like layer it and move the glue around and then add more dye. Um, but also don't overwork it. Um, I see a, a lot of people come in to dye their own disc and that's like the, I guess the major uh, mess up is people just, they ha- they're having so much fun doing it that they wanna, <laughs> they wanna keep doing it and then they yeah. end up over swirling mm-hmm. it and then making like a brown. I was gonna say, I feel like I have all these colors. I want to use them all. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like just being being aware of where you're dropping the colors um, and trying not to overlap the ones that don't need to be overlapped. What do you use to manipulate the uh, dye? I have skewers, um, mainly a straw though. I'm a big fan of just using a straw to kind of blow it around. Um, uh, Daddy Mac Dyes has like an awesome tutorial where he does his, and that's pretty much what I do. Except nice. I don't have a, a the whatever he has the um, aerator machine thing. I get tired of blowing through a straw, and I really want to get a airbrush, like an airbrush for models. Yeah, um, I'm very close to getting one. <laughs> I think I might. I have a um, like an aquarium air pump. Hmm. downstairs that uh that it works but i haven't i just haven't brought it into the shop i almost had a little girl pass out like doing the event. <laughs> <laughs> i can because kids you know yeah <laughs> she was like seven and i was showing her how to like do the um do a glue bed and i just kept going oh blah, blah, blah. i look over and she's like nodding off like into the glue and and, <laughs> and i was like uh dad <laughs> <laughs> she had to like sit and we gave her some water and she was fine but i didn't realize how how uh how strong of a lung you have to have to do that it's it, you really do get out of breath yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah well um good for her uh good that she is dying her own disc but yeah take take a breather <laughs> yeah yeah i guess don't underestimate it um it's a lung workout so, moving on to another dye method, Floetrol. Do you have any tips or tricks for Floetrol beds? Plastic wrap. It's magic. Okay, <laughs> case closed. We're done. <laughs> Next. Uh, have you tried or experimented with anything else besides plastic wrap? I've tried just... Uh... What I've really been liking is not trying to make cells, like trying to make a design just with no silicone oil, just mm. no plastic wrap, and just trying to make designs out of that. It's almost like a like a lotion bed. Like you can mm. kind of just put stripes of colors down and use like a skewer or something. Um, it keeps you from having to go out and get all the stuff for lotion, and you can still get some really cool designs out of it. You know, I was recently thinking that, that, why does anybody need lotion to use as a bed when you can use Floetrol? I feel like Floetrol is uh, more liquidy and lotion, depending on what you get and how you mix it, if you do add water, is thicker. And I feel like with lotion, you get more air bubbles, at least in my experience. So I was like, you can do the same thing with Floetrol. I really want to try that out. 
You can. You can get really similar results. Like you can um, make like the rings and make like that flower design pretty easy. I do that a lot in the tutorials at work. Yeah, and you can get you can get things that look like they're lotion, but they're not. So mm-hmm. it's fun to try. Just or even when you have the silicone added already, you can do it. And sometimes these like cells will just start popping through, which is cool too. So what is your method to get cells? And um, again, you literally do everything. Do you like doing chameleon cells or I guess I would consider organic cells? Do you have a preference and how do you do that? I haven't tried the chameleon cells yet. Um, I really, really want to. But as far as just like regular cells, um, I just do, I have these like eight or 12 ounce bottles. Um, I put in like a spoonful-ish of ProChem and then it's probably like a half... (laughs) It's probably like a half a teaspoon or something and just toss that in there and then the Floetrol, uh, you mix that up and then I have like three different kinds of silicone oil um, and I'll put just like the three drops in there. I think I have just like the standard mix for for cells Um, and then I really like the swipe method. That's fun. and then I also really like the just the laying it flat over top the bed and just like pulling the plastic wrap like straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that a lot in the tutorials uh, or giving it like a little twist when you're pulling it up too. It'll give it like a little swirl. What do you use for like a container to hold the bed? Yeah. Oh, uh, I got these um, these plates from the Dollar Tree. Um, they were like two or yeah, they're like two for a dollar. Um, but I got like a case for like my at home setup and at the store. So we have like 48 of these plates and they're like the perfect size for a disc. They're like white plastic microwavable plates. Were they on sale? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, two for a (laughs) dollar. Yes. Um, and for all your dye methods, do you use heat? Uh, I do for anything with Floetrol. Um, I do not for glue beds. I only use heat for Floetrol based. Is, is there a reason why you don't use heat for glue beds? Uh, not really. Uh, just out of convenience or access, really, because I only have so many like heat lamps. Hmm. And those are usually like for the Floetrol. And I know that glue beds can, don't need the heat lamp. Um, I used to actually sit my glue beds outside when I first started doing them, like in the in the summer heat. Um, so I'm not opposed to doing that. It just speeds up the process. I don't really mm. see any like adverse effects or anything. How long do you let the disc sit in the flow trawl? And how long do you have it heated for? At home, it takes uh, like two hours, depending on the plastic. At the store, it takes three to four, um, I guess, just the different heat sources and adjusting for that. I think it's different just any any way you try it. It's going to be different for, like, the ambient temperature and how mm-hmm. far away you have the disc and, and all that. It's all just trial and error until you, until you figure it out. So back to hand painting, how do you actually... Uh, paint on the disc like what type of device do you use to transfer the dye to the disc uh it's mainly paintbrushes um for like the 
finer details and stuff. I'll, I'll sometimes use like Q-tips for like blending a little bit. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, if you want like a lighter color, uh, you can mix more denatured alcohol into your mix and pretty much go from there. Uh, uh, something I found out recently that has helped me a lot is to like sketch on a disc, like to get like the, like the outline or something you can use just a, just a ballpoint pen. Um, and it'll come right off with denatured alcohol. So, so yeah, that, that was going to be, that was going to be my next question is how do you, how do you, uh, paint on the disc? Is it like freehand or do you have a sketch? And I'm assuming you do the sketch with a ballpoint pen then. I'll do like a basic like outline, like with a ballpoint pen. And then I'll usually have like a reference or like a, like a board of inspiration on my computer screen. Um, and then just, I'm going to just go and paint it. So I think one of the first hand paintings that I've seen from you was the uh, trash panda disc dyeing competition with the turtle. I'm like, holy crap, is that amazing? Oh, thank you. Yes. Is there any tips and tricks in general for uh, disc dyeing that you would want to share with the disc dyeing community? I'd say for new dyers, um, dye white discs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I see a lot of new dyers trying to dye uh, like colored discs, and that's a lot more difficult. Like you're starting, you first off, you can't really see like the true results because the color of the disc is affecting those. Mm -hmm. I know you don't want to dye the white disc because like you want to get good at it before you dye the white discs, but you can only really truly see what's going on with a white disc. So just. Just do it. Just take the plunge, do a white disc or a few and, and figure it out that way. Cause like the, the colored discs are a lot more difficult. <laughs> do you have any tips or tricks for the more seasoned disc dyers? Not really. Just have fun. Just <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they, everyone takes it so seriously and tries to do it like the right way. Um, but there is no right way. Just, you know, you might figure something else out. You might do something different. Like stop looking at what everyone else does and just have fun and figure figure it out your own way, you know. Those are very wise words. So, uh be a 7-year-old that has never seen disc dying before and do your own thing. Right. Those are the best ones. <laughs> yes. Uh so if you were to start disc dying today, you know, from fresh, is there anything that you would do differently now that you know what you know? Maybe like not starting with stencils. Uh, that that was a difficult path, I think. Um, I'd say like starting out, it would it would have been a lot better to start with something like a clear glue bed. It can be hard if you don't have a machine and you're hand cutting it, and there's more prone to error on a lot of fronts. Um, but I feel personally attacked because that was the first thing I did and it was the first thing you did. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I didn't know you started with stencils. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the reasons I got into this dying is, uh, my wife and I went half season on a cricket maker. Um, then I started playing disc, uh, disc golf at the time and I heard that you could dye discs and I was like, well, let me do a stencil cause I can make them. So ta-da. Nice. Well, that's a good deal. Yeah. Except now I have it, and she never uses it because it's in my man cave, so I can hoard it. <laughs> you stole the cricket. <laughs> yes. 
Are there any disc golf dyers that inspire you? Are there any shout outs that you want to give? Definitely. So like when I first started getting into it, there wasn't a ton of um, YouTube videos or any sort of direction, really. Um, so I was on YouTube a lot. Obviously, Bobby, um, a nod to Bobby. Um, I was on Reddit and a lot of the first ones I think I saw were um, Brian Eckert, Pipe Dreamer, 79, uh, Keith Limpa. Just no words. He's he's incredible. Um, when I got on Instagram, Daddy Mac dies, um, Greasy dies. Uh, yeah, it's the OGs, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So on a personal note, we're going to get to know Happy Tree Dies a little bit better. So we'll do your favorite fave. Do you have a favorite band or song? I guess if I had to pick a favorite band, it would be Dr. Dog. They're like a indie sort of folk, uh, really chill sort of band. Um, they're great. It just kind of reminds me of a time in my life where I was, you know, it was, it was really fun um, and carefree. It's funny what how music of... can like bring you back to a certain like period in your life. And that's kind of what that does to me, I guess. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Do you have a, a favorite type of music that you like to listen to? Probably the, the same. Just anything really kind of chill and um, upbeat um, and, and happy. <laughs> nice. You don't like the dark death metal. You like happy music. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, do you listen to music when you die? Oh, this is where... I, okay, so when I die... <laughs> When I die, I actually listen to like true crime, like podcast. So it's like the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't say I listen to like, a, like a lot of music. Honestly, I'm not one of those people that like needs music to live. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'll drive, like I'll drive in my car, just silent, just mm -hmm. with no music. And people think that's weird. Like, why do you, why are you driving like with no music on and, and I just enjoy like the silence sometimes. Yeah. Don't feel bad because I do that as well. It, uh, it gives me time to think and I just sometimes forget that no music is even on. Yeah. Same. There's, there's so much going on up here that I don't even realize that there's no music on. So. Yes. So we're not crazy, even though we have discussions inside our head. <laughs> <clears throat> right. But that, that is funny that you like to listen to happy music, but then you're going to listen to true crime podcast. It evens it out. Right. Exactly. Uh, do you have a favorite food? Um, definitely sushi. If I had to have a last meal, it would, it would absolutely be sushi. Hands down. Is there any specific place that you like to go for your sushi? Um, there's a little place in town called, uh, I actually went there today. It's called Dragon King's Daughter. Um, I really like salmon. That's like my favorite fish. Yes. So good. Salmon is my favorite fish as well. It's um, it's the tastiest fish. Uh, what is your favorite beverage? Adult beverage. It's definitely like a good craft beer uh, for sure. Um, just drinking just like for pure like flavor. Like if calories didn't matter at all, Baja Blast. <laughs> nice do you have any other hobbies besides disc golf and disc dying 
uh, before disc dyeing, I was I was pretty into uh, like woodworking. Um, I have like a a workshop in the garage. Um, it's something that I always wanted to do, um, but never had the space for. So once we bought a house, one of my first projects was, okay, we got to build a workshop in the garage. <laughs> so I, I set up like a full on uh, like wood shop down there. I have like a table saw and a miter saw and, and all the saws. Um, I just, I just really enjoy like making things with my hands. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now that I've started actually like dying full time, I'm starting to get back into like my pre-dying hobbies, which is kind of mm -hmm. nice. So that, and then um, aquariums, I really like uh, aquascaping, I mm. guess. So that's fun. I like designing tanks and planting out in aquariums and stuff like that, so. That is awesome that you're into woodworking and that. Um, I too am into woodworking, which is another hobby that I don't have time for. What, what type of uh, woodworking stuff do you like to make? Um, I'm very much like a beginner. So the first like few projects I did were just like building the shop. So I made like a um, like a table for my table saw to like sit in, you know, to, to mm -hmm. run stuff like larger boards across. Um, I made um, like, uh, what are they called? Um, well, it's fun. <laughs> anyway, I made <laughs> anyway, I made these really cool like organizational things in my workshop where you um, French cleats. French cleats. Thank you so much. Yes. yes. French cleats. <laughs> so I made all these like French cleat like uh, like boards and stuff and organizational uh, boxes and things to like hang up my my drills and all my stuff like that. And after I got like that all set up, um, I made some uh, planters for the front front of the house like cedar planters um i made my actual dying desk where i like where i die on i built that so i'm i'm getting there um i want to get like back into that and actually start learning like the joinery and stuff i made our bathroom uh um vanity as well like with the doors that's probably my most advanced project Again, that is completely awesome that you do that, um, and more props to you, and I hope you get more time to do that. Uh, again, I got into woodworking as well, uh, remodeled our kitchen, so I made new drawers and um, uh, shaker-style cabinet door fronts for that. So yes, I made the shaker-style. That's, that's tough. That's really hard. <laughs> woodworking in general, to be good at it and precise is hard because it's just like, just a little tiny bit can make a huge difference. Yeah. It's crazy. And then like also working with like the hinges themselves and like getting them lined up. Yes. How they, yeah, the, the vanity is not perfect, but <laughs> I tried. Yep. That's really cool. Uh, I didn't know you were into woodworking. Yes. Uh, again, I get into it. So I buy everything for it. So I like have all the jigs for the drawers and the hinges and all that stuff. So, I mean, I had a lot to do, so it, it really helps, but yeah. Awesome. So next question, if you had to pick three discs to use for the rest of your life to play any course, what would they be? I, I don't use very many discs because I'm not very good. So yesterday we went and played two courses and I only used three discs. Um, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was the, I, so I have my DX Leopard. I know everyone's upset, but it goes the furthest for me. Um, 
And then I've got my Paradox from MVP, super, super understable um, mid. And then I've got my Warden. That's all I need. There you go. So don't feel bad about uh, the DX Leopard. I have a friend who basically carries two discs with him and he wears sandals. And that's what he uses. And he putts with the DX Leopard and he does better than me. I find that frustrating. <laughs> that's awesome. It is. I feel like I am the, um, I would compare it to racing. I'm like the guy that has a nice trailer, nice car, fully decked out. And here's this uh, hobo here that just has two discs and flip-flops that, that beats me. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite course or a specific favorite hole? I do. Um, it's the same as Bill's since we're both local. It's Arrowhead um, in um, Louisville, Kentucky. It's actually not open right now, and we're hoping that it gets reopened. It got closed because of some zoning laws or something, but um, I think they're working on getting it back open, hopefully. Um, my favorite hole is actually just like the first hole on that course. It's it's just an awesome, it's like a, um, it's a high up hole where you're, you're throwing over like a, uh, a ravine almost. So you're, you're high up and it's just a, super fun hole and then off to your left there are like some goats so and there's some chickens running around sometimes so that makes it fun that is very interesting mm -hmm. are there a lot of courses in your area not really um this is just like a private course and they just happen to have a lot of animals on their course like ponies and stuff so it's a pretty unique course it's it's a lot of fun um and I really hope they reopen it. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, one of my aspirations or dreams is to buy enough land to put an 18-hole course on. Then there'd be a pro shop. Then there'd be a dye bar in that pro shop. For sure. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, dream date. If you had to pick any pro disc golfer to play around with and or just hang out with, who would that be? I'm thinking like as a date, like not a romantic date, like maybe just a friend. Um, mm. <laughs> I really like Madison Walker. She seems really cool. Um, I, get, I see her on Instagram and I can tell she's like, I don't know, she seems just like really funny and like really into like nature and stuff. So I don't know. I feel like I could hang out with her and um, play some disc golf and then have a beer afterwards. So do you go to, um, do you vend anywhere? Do you like to go to, uh, Disc, disc contest, <laughs> uh, tournaments. Do you go to disc golf tournaments to vend at all? Yeah, um, any tournament that like Disc Crazy, which is the store I work at, any one that they sponsor, we go to. Um, we also got to go to like Idlewild this year, and I vended there For, like once a month. I'm like at a tournament vending with them usually, or. Uh, Sometimes I'll go by myself, but not often because I'm with them most of the time. Do you dye any discs at the tournament or do you just have an inventory that you bring with? Both. Yeah, we started doing the spin dyeing at the tournaments um, where I have like a little battery pack usually and hook it up to the, um, the record player and do it out there. Um, it's really cool to see people's reactions like that. I've never seen that sort of thing before. Mm -hmm. um, they usually 
ooh and ah and and then like hand you a disc it's it's so much fun there's so much potential out there for new dyers so it's definitely very exciting yeah definitely it's also an awesome opportunity to meet like other dyers um i've met a lot of really cool people just out at tournaments and stuff like i met emily one time nice we were at idlewild um and then i met uh doomsday um in his hometown so it's really cool to just finally meet these people that you like talk to online and you see them in real life and you're like oh you do exist (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i feel like i'm slightly in a special case because i have guest disc dyers and i actually get to talk to them and uh i'm I'm very honored and humbled to do that especially again i appreciate your time being on here and it's i'm learning so much from these other dyers as well and having something with a common interest is is awesome yeah it's super cool this is an awesome platform to just like share all of our knowledge and just make everyone better and we get to know each other it's it's awesome absolutely so happy tree dies is going to be creating a die disc for a raffle so you have a chance to win one of her amazing die discs for only a dollar so when this podcast go live that's when it will start and you'll have two weeks till it closes so check out dyersguild.co to enter to win so i greatly appreciate you doing that and 100 percent of the proceeds go to the dyer So if you want to support a starving artist, that is a good way to do it. All right. Uh, That's all we have for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jillian, for joining uh, this podcast. I had a great time. So until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. That was it. We did it. And that's it.